This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn DeGeek, and I am coming to you from Colby's Army in Ashland City, Tennessee. And I'm Jamie Dennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 4th, episode 2739, brought to you today by Stateline Tack. Good morning, horse people. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Well, good morning, everybody. We also have Lisa Waisaki sitting here with us directly across from me. I never get to see you in person. I know. This is so exciting. It is exciting. And of course, this is our first show that we're recording from the road. So welcome, everybody, to Tennessee. Uh, and Jamie, we're going to be seeing her in a couple of days. And we're going to have a regular old party in Lexington. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, but uh, first, let's. Why, what do you say we get to some daily winnies? And we're going to be talking to a couple of listeners that we met along the way and bringing you those interviews because this trip is all about our listeners. Uh, we're also going to do a health segment with Dr. Weber, and she's going to explain SAA, SAA tests. I have no idea what that is. But that's why I got to tell you, I'm I'm a little jealous that you get to see Lisa in person. I mean, come on. <laughs> and her <laughs> place there. is absolutely beautiful. It's so cool, Aww. Jamie. You would love her place. We're going to talk a little bit about that, too, because I it wasn't as I imagined it. Really? No. Well, it's I didn't imagine different. you and having a stream and living in an old burial or an old Indian stomping ground. Yeah. And it was, it's really cool. It's cool. And do you have any weird news for us today? Of course I do. Most of them submitted by our wonderful listeners who I don't want to question where you find your news, but like I got a lot of screenshots this time and uh, it was a little, some of them are a little scary. <laughs> One in particular. <laughs> All right. Let's do some daily winnies first. I'm going to do my best to keep up on the auditor birthdays on this trip, so I hope I just didn't miss any. Teresa Kruger, Tammy Fawcett, and host of the podcast Piper Clem. It's all their birthdays, so happy birthday to all of you. And I see in parentheses here, Patty. Yes, I, our dear friend who, who lives near me that also listens to the podcast, not yet an auditor, but I'm sure she will be. It's her birthday as well. We can convert her. So happy yeah. birthday we'll to Patty. It. Happy birthday to you, too. So, Glenn, we do this show, you know, an hour and a half, three days a week. That's what we do. I got to give my daily Winnie out to John Kyle and Lucinda Green, who have been 
utterly fantastic announcing and calling the Olympics from just the sole dressage to the eventing portion. And now the show jumping, which is so exciting and uh, they've done awesome. But I, I wrote down just a few, I could have gone on and on and on, but I had to stop myself. I wrote down a few things that I would like to dub Lucinda isms and just things. (laughs) She has a lot of them too. (laughs) That are just utterly delightful. I mean, you can screw up so bad in the Olympic Games, and she will find something nice to say about it. And so <laughs> I, I wrote down a couple of them. Um, let's go with the – this was in the eventing show jumping, okay? And a horse was coming around and hit one of the rails and barely hit the rail. And her comment was, well – that just fell right out of bed, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> then uh, another horse came around and he had his tongue sticking out the side of his mouth while he was jumping. And she said, oh, he's just sticking his tongue out a bit. That must be how he concentrates. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love how she's trying to make it friendly for non-horse people. Yes. yes. And, and there was a disastrous dressage movements and tests and stuff. And her comment was, I mean, it was, it was kind of bad. And her comment was, well, there will be some discussion about this later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, a a person almost fell off. Like it was like a huge crash. And she was like, well, well set good recovery. (laughs) (laughs) And, and finally, I don't know if you've watched any of the show jumping, but there is one particular fence that has proved to be incredibly hard. And I think the first, I think this was in the, in the eventing show jumping, I'm getting them all confused in my head. Yeah, it was for, for, for eventing show jumping and they come around and it's an orange and yellow fence and the orange and yellow poles are different and and kind of red on the ends and nobody could figure out how to jump it. And everybody was taking it down and she kept talking about how the horse's vision might not see that color very well. And finally somebody jumped it clean. Finally, like the first rider out of 20 jumped it clean. And her comment was, well, that was Absolutely beautiful over the orange horror. (laughs) (laughs) She called the jump the orange horror. (laughs) Is that allowed? (laughs) I just love her comments. And so she and John have done an amazing job. They've been working like 100 hours a day. I mean, it's it's just no break. No break at all. Hours and hours. I watched the eventing before it had been edited where they did the first and then they took a break and then did the individual. And it was like... Like six hours and I kept having to fast forward through like the middle two hours, but they talked and talked and <laughs> talked. I think they finally were like, we're talking to nobody as they're like dragging the arena. So they finally <laughs> left and came back and talked and talked and talked. And it was just awesome. I think they must be exhausted. So anyway, John and Lucinda have done an awesome job. Now I also listened a little bit to the other version as well, but you just can't beat Lucinda. God, I love her. No, she's <laughs> you can't. <laughs> You definitely can't. They, it was a good choice this year for the announcing. Yeah. It was a good choice. Absolutely. She's delightful. Well, this, uh, the 2021 HRN Roadshow is underway, and we couldn't do this without the help of our sponsors, and one of those we're going to be seeing this weekend and spending some time with, and that's Kentucky Performance Products. So let's go to them, and we'll come back, and we'll update you on what's happened so far, where we're at, and how we've gotten here. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. 
She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability, Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. We rolled out of Ocala on Sunday, and uh, we made our way to the middle of central Alabama. And we stayed with some listeners by the name of Linda and Katya. And Katya, I found out, Jamie, and you're going to hear in the interview here in a little bit, is a legacy listener we didn't know about. She has been listening since day one and has listened to all of our episodes. She, and act- she hasn't gone crazy yet. That's what I said wow. to her. <laughs> so we're going to hear why she's listened to all those episodes in a minute. Because and then Linda put us up at our beautiful farm in Central Alabama, and it was it's a neat it's a neat area because it's rolling, but not too rolling. Not like up here where where you, where you live above Nashville. It's, it's really hilly up here. Yes, it is. But but down there, it's just gentle rolling hills, and it reminded me a little bit of just as you get outside of Lexington, Kentucky. You know that kind of rolling and not steep hills yet. So it, it's very pretty there, and we had a wonderful time hanging out with them. And I don't know if you saw the pictures, Jamie, but I posted some pictures. I'm doing daily posts on Horses in the Morning Facebook page with pictures. And I posted a picture of their little mini was the cutest thing. A little Pinto mini was the cutest thing ever. I really wanted to put it in the camper, and it would have fit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the friendliest mini ever. And he, I think he was still a, still a boy, right, Jennifer? That little mini was oh, still... It was a mare? The mini was a mare? Because there was a boy there somewhere. I don't know. When, after but, the show, we're going to have a discussion on anatomy. Oh, the, his friend was a gelding. Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm getting my horses mixed up because we've seen a lot of them already. So, um, yeah, it was a very cute mini. Very cute and very friendly. It was not a zombie mini at all. Not, and tiny and as round as, as tall. It was like most minis are, you know? So that was very fun. And then I got what we're doing on this trip, Jamie, is I'm bringing the shaken fork along because one of our sponsors is Equity. And I know you use flex and forks. Yes, there absolutely. Bar. Love yeah, it. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm sh- have you tried the shaken fork? Yet? No. Well, you're going to today. Ooh, yay. So, Jamie, you know what it's like to hand a shaken fork to somebody who's never used a shaking powered fork before to clean a stall. And Katya just giggled and giggled. <laughs> and I know, Jamie, you've had that experience with people. I love my shaken fork. So I would take it to shows because you have the bedding. Um, and so you pick it up and you pull the trigger. And I just remember people from stalls like... I was in like stall 3C and then 2C next to me was like, what is that noise? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm super bougie and I have a fork that doesn't work for me. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, it's awesome. And ours are 10 years old and still work. The batteries are fine. They still charge fully at 10 years old. That's if amazing. our phone's batteries worked as good as the Shaken Force batteries. Anyway, that was kind of a funny side note is we've been able to see everybody's reactions to trying the Shaken Fork. So uh, you're going to hear from them in just a second. And then we headed up to further to northern Alabama and we hung around with Juliana and Juliana um, had a hat on, which I sent you a picture of, Jamie. Yes. Tell us what hat she had on. She was wearing her join-up hat like a good girl. I love it. Well, and she loves doing join-up with her horses and follows you and Bonte and, you know, is a super big-time listener. First thing she said when we got out of the car was, oh, this is just kind of weird to have you guys here in my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love it. I I'm love fangirling it. now. Things like, I'm Juliana from Alabama. Alabama. Was the accent <laughs> thick where you went? Everywhere, she, all through Alabama? You know, it's been interesting. Some have it and some have just a slight accent. It's been weird. I don't know. Juliana grew up there and, and her Blake grew up there and, you know, just didn't have the accent that I expected. I was kind of disappointed in you, Juliana. I love drive. Like when I drove to the Kentucky to Thoroughbred Makeover, and I made my way through all of these kind of flyover states. I loved listening to people talk when you go to the gas station. They're like, "You don't sack that." What? <laughs> that means? Do you want me to put it in a bag? Bag, you right? Want me to sack that? <laughs> like you're just like I don't understand the language that you're speaking right now, even though it's English. So yeah, definitely take notes on some of the fun things that you hear when you're in the middle of nowhere. Especially, you know, now you're in Tennessee. No offense, Lisa. It's pretty colorful. It's interesting. It's colorful here. Yeah, it's more colorful here for sure. Yeah, but Jamie, you're a Southern girl. You should, you know, you should be able to figure it out. Maybe. Yeah, but there's just some parts of the country this is true. Lisa, where <laughs> I'm from Atlanta. Like yeah. I grew up in the city. Now my daddy says things that you I still question to this day. But like <laughs> there are places and bits and pockets in Tennessee. And, this is true. All it does seem to just... be very pocketed. You yes. know, there's little yes. pockets. That's right. Yeah. Like her dad was on the show once. I couldn't understand half of what he said. I had to have a translator. <laughs> he has a really, really thick accent. <laughs> So, yeah, we, we spent some time there. Now, you're going to get to hear from her and her horsey husband, Juliana from Alabama. You're going to get to hear from them on Friday's show. So we're doing we're doing interviews with all the listeners or as many as we can do on this trip because that's what it's all about. So and you're going to then they all have fascinating stories. She's a doctor. You'll find out all about that. And again, going with we have very smart, intelligent listeners, and I'm not sure why they listen, but. Anyway, here we are. So now, Lisa, you're here because, uh, one, you took us over here to your friend's house to record this. Yes. But uh, also <laughs> because we're staying at your place, Colby's Army, which is, where How? Where are we from Nashville? So we're about 20 miles northwest of Nashville. And we are kind of in the foothills yes. here. Uh, and the Appalachians start near here. Well, yeah. east of Nashville. Yeah, but yeah. we've got this part of Cheatham County, the north part of Cheatham County, is, is as you have seen, it has lots of rock bluffs and yeah. deep valleys and no cell service. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You know, nobody over here is cell service. So tell Jamie a little bit about Colby's Army, the property you're on. You took us on a tour yesterday. And Jamie, you can just picture it's in the hills, you know. It's in the hills. And you make a sharp turn and many sharp turns and you're finally there and it sits back and there's woods all around it and you know. Yeah. But it 
Tell did us the, what. Glenn, I got to ask you, did the directions to Lisa's house include turn left at the second track? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. It was. They're all like that out here. So tell us about what it used to be in the old days. Yeah. So what's and, and, and I'll, I'll share something I didn't share with you yesterday. So uh, a couple hundred years ago, the land that Colby's Army is on was a Native American camping grounds. And they looked for a flat area and a bend in a creek and a north facing bluff. And we have all of that. And our bluff is probably well over 100 feet tall and it's huge it's a sheer rock it is just sheer rock face coming out of the creek and and so we have a lot of people who are geologists or like looking for rocks and they come and find um you know arrowheads and and animal skinners and things on our two beaches and then um in the 1920s and 30s in our woods apparently there was a moonshine thing going on and there's an old still there someplace so um so we've kind of been looking around when we were traipsing around in the woods. We were looking for the old still. Uh, haven't found it yet. I was a little disappointed because with that setting, I really expected banjo music. Yeah. But I, I didn't hear any. Yeah, so. well, all we have is a tambourine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quite make it. <laughs> we really need banjo playing out there in the woods. Yeah. That would be perfect. Yeah, and the barn, uh, Lee Greenwood, the country music star, built the barn in 1974. And he had purchased the property from Ray Pillow, who is a Grand Ole Opry star. And uh, Lee sold the barn to Confederate Railroad, a country rock band. So we've got a lot of really cool country music history. Um, but the, the barn has been remodeled before we got it. And we have uh, a jail and a saloon and uh, a lot of old Western storefronts and a ballroom dance floor and a stage. That's very all cool. in the center of the barn. Wow. It is so cool, Jamie. Along the edges, you have all these fronts, these yeah. storefronts, and then the stage up front where they used to do concerts, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. we have a trolley and a little a little feed and livery stable area. We have a Hotel California where our tack room is. It's very We're cool. staying in the jail, cool. uh, yeah. in case anybody was... <laughs> <laughs> it's very pretty. I need pretty. a video of this for we're sure. Gonna, we're going to do a video here tomorrow morning yeah. of that because it is yeah. so unique. It's just like something right out of American Pickers would find. It, it's... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly like that. Yeah, it's the coolest barn ever. So tell us quickly what Colby's Army does, because I want to get everybody to listen tonight to the concert that we're doing with Templeton Thompson, and it's, uh, Thompson, and it's supporting Colby's, Colby's Army. Yeah, and we're so appreciative of that. And, and uh, you know, we're a nonprofit, and, you know, it, we're, we struggle. Every, every nonprofit struggles. But um, so we help people with life challenges, and that life challenge can be depression, anxiety, uh, it can be cerebral palsy, autism, um, development developmental delay, anything that prevents you from living life to the fullest. And of course, we have a therapeutic horseback riding program. Um, and, and, and like a lot of therapeutic riding programs, you know, we serve a lot of different types of people ages five and up. But we also have a homeless outreach program. Right now, we're taking care of about 85 people who are living in homelessness. We feed and clothe and give them supplies uh, and refer them to people who can help them with, with physical and mental health services and social services and also help them get housing. And the really cool cool thing, Glenn and Jamie, is that now uh, we've been doing this long enough that some of our homeless are housed and they're coming out to volunteer and ride with us. Oh, and so one circle. Yeah, yeah, one of our people, uh, Liz, who is delightful, is going to uh, be at the concert tonight and she's going to be at the open house for Colby's so Army. So she was homeless and now... She was homeless for 10 years um, and she's just delightful. She actually moved into her apartment yesterday. She's been temporarily oh, housed. Wow. But she she's she got a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment, and she is just, she and her cat, Corona, 
um, that she was just crying all day yesterday. She was so excited. And she she's now volunteering with us. She's sorting all the donations that come in uh, for Colby's Army. She is turned out to be a really good horse hand. She claims that horses saved her life. And, and it's just mm-hmm. so rewarding to be part of that. And rewarding for you. Yeah, well, yeah, it yeah. is because, you know, you can see the change in somebody and, and here's somebody who was homeless and, and had a terrible, uh, issue with alcohol and she's been sober almost eight months now and, um, is riding and has a really good seat. I mean, she's got a real, real talent with horses and a real understanding of horses. And, and, um, so she comes and she grooms and she cleans. She'll do anything and, and we just love having her. And, and we've got a couple of others similar to that. And so to see those stories, you know, to take somebody from homelessness and be a part of that process of getting them housed. And actually, uh, you'll see in the barn, we have a lot of furniture that we donate to people um, uh, when they move in to a, to a new apartment. And, and to be part of that and then have them come out and be volunteering with Colby's Army, it's just phenomenal. Terrific. Well, yeah. you do such good work. It's such a neat place, Thank Jamie. You. And everything's recycled. Everything that they use, because they have all kinds of sensory stuff for, for everybody that's participating there. They have a complete arena set up with all these different activities you can do. And Jamie, everything in there, they found in the creek, they washed downstream. Yeah. It's all wow. been recycled out of the creek. Yeah, we have, we have, we probably upstream have a deliverance type person living up there with his trash pile next to the creek bank. And every time the water comes up, we find all kinds of, of, we found, I don't know, car seats and TVs and all kinds of things. But we find, uh, we find cones and, and landscaping timbers and, and PVC pipes and barrels, all kinds of cool stuff that we can use in the well, arena. Let's send this one on down. Exactly. Lisa might need this. Let's send it downstream. Exactly. (laughs) But it's really good on the budget. You know, we need something. Let's go down to the creek, see what's down there today. (laughs) So we're doing a concert tonight with Templeton Thompson. We're doing it live. And I know some of our listeners are coming out. And thank you to everybody that is coming out. But you get to watch it from home. So if you want to participate in the roadshow, if you're a little jealous that you can't make one of the meetups, or you can't see Jamie this weekend at Lexington, then you can participate from home tonight. It's 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we're going to be broadcasting it on Facebook Live on our Horses in the Morning page and Horse Radio Network Facebook page and the Auditor Room also for the auditors. You can hang out in there. Um, Templeton's going to be singing and uh, Lisa and I are going to be there as well. We we made a video yesterday, Jamie, to introduce this, and I edited it, and it was my first attempt, so no comments on the video editing. Send your complaints to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. <laughs> I'm an audio editor, not a video editor, but it was fun to do, and we, we had a good time, and that'll be 8 p.m. Please tune in, and please think about contributing to Lisa's cause and what she does to help everybody out here in the Nashville area. Thank you so much for that, and thank you, everybody. And um, Jen got a really good ride on one of our therapy horses this morning, and she had a good time on Tessie, and uh, got now, Jamie, Tessie's as wide also as she is tall. Uh, I you know. saw the video. I saw the video. Yes. Jen is doing a split. <laughs> Jen got on and got cramps immediately. She did. She did. Yeah, Tessie's kind of like a giant mini. Yeah, exactly. A Belgian mini. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, one of our other terrific sponsors is State Line Tack. And I got to tell you, right now I went to their website and they're having a summer clearance blowout with thousands of don't miss deals. They also have Easy Care Boots. We've had a lot of discussion on horse boots uh, this particular trip for some reason. It's been coming up with every every place we stop. And Easy Care is one of the names that was mentioned. They have those uh, highlighted on their homepage. Plus, you know, it is time to take a look at your helmets. They have helmets highlighted there. Mine, I looked at mine. 
mine before I packed it for the trip and discovered that it is five and a half years old. So guess what? It's time for me to replace my helmet. So I got to be doing that here this year as well. So head on over to Stateline Tech right now and check out the thousands of items that are right now on their summer clearance blowout at StatelineTech.com. So let's go to the interview we did at the kitchen table with Katya and Linda. We are so excited to be doing our first interview on the 2021 <laughs> HRN Roadshow. I have Jennifer here with me. Woohoo! This is day one. It is uh, August the 1st. We have traveled eight hours today to get to what town, ladies? Montevallo. Montevallo, Alabama. Alabama, which is kind of in the middle of Alabama. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Central it's Alabama. almost dead yeah. center. Yeah. It's dead mm-hmm. center. So who am I here with? Introduce yourselves. I'm Katya, Katya Korsh. And you're an auditor of ours? Yes. And Katya's from... Uh, um, originally? Originally Germany, actually. When did I've you move in, here? I've lived in Alabama since I was 12 years old. 12, so. Wow, wow. So you've been here a long time. Yes. You're a native. Yep. You're a native. You're, yeah, you're an Alabaman. I've lived here longer than I lived in Germany. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Katya, though, yeah, we had yeah. knew the name was from somewhere yeah, over Yeah, you're there. not from around yeah. here, are you? <laughs> I ain't from these parts. I can't. Hey, I, they must have mispronounced your name so many different ways in school. You don't even know. Oh, it got, it got mangled. You don't even know. It's okay. I answer to almost anything. So. And we're here with Linda. Also, this is your pretty farm we're here at. That's right. Yeah. My little Windy Hill farm. Windy Hill. Is that the name of it? Windy Hill I farm? call it Windy Hill Farm. And you're at the top of hill, so that makes sense. It was a Windy Hill. That's why I called it Windy Hill. <laughs> now, before we get into talking a little bit about you guys and your horses, who we got to meet today, and it's so much fun because when we're doing the road show, we don't know a lot about where we're staying. You guys know, if you listen to the shows, you know a lot about us. Yeah, I feel but like we, I know you. <laughs> we don't know a lot about you guys, and we don't really do a lot of research on the farms we're staying at, so it's kind of a surprise for us, and, and mostly a pleasant surprise. Pleasant surprise today by the way linda thank you thank you (laughs) then we get here and linda says oh i have a place in ocala (laughs) it turns out she lives about what 10 minutes from us maybe maybe (laughs) so we drove eight hours to meet our neighbor yeah is basically what it came down to exactly exactly (laughs) and linda we do a driving radio show and you're a driver Mm -hmm. uh, and have driven cdes and we bet your little pony tell us about your little pony does cds my little pony is mini cooper he's well, the vet says he's about 30 now. How old was uh, he when he was doing CDs? Late teens? Well, I think he was probably in his late teens. Yeah. Um, because They're like just I getting said, good at that age, ponies. He was a wonderful pony. Yeah. I mean, he was just, he was solid. I mean, he was just. Was the he the one that just showed up here by himself and made himself home? Showed him. You heard about stray dogs. This was a stray pony. This pony showed up <laughs> as a stallion. Running up and down this fence line out here, and uh, he had a halter on hooked to a piece of clothesline hooked to a logging chain. Oh, oh man. About a 50, that's how I caught him. I actually <laughs> took the logging chain and wrapped it around a fence post and wow. caught him and then led him up the road. And in fact, I had a vet here who was doing chiropractic work on a couple of my horses. And she said, Linda, she says, I think that's a stallion. And I thought, Okay. <laughs> and put him in a stall. <laughs> and nobody claimed him. And he just turned out to be the best. He is the best pony. But well, he found the ever. home he wanted to be at. He mm-hmm. found the home. And obviously the last home wasn't great, so he obviously. found a good home. <laughs> I mean, obviously if he's hooked to a piece of rope and yeah, a logging chain. a logging chain, then you know. Was, yeah. You know yeah. it's not Not good. the best home life. No. no. When I got my hackney pony tied to a tree. 
<laughs> That's how you found him? Yeah, well, we, we, when we went to, ado- to adopt him, when we went to get him from the lady who had starved him to death, uh, oh. when we picked him up, he was tied to a tree. Oh, wow. Linda, you need to listen to that radio show that tells the story of oh. how he found was, him. It yeah, was I a do. sad story. Yeah. Yeah, it was, but it's a happy. It was ending. a good, it's a happy, it ending. Was a happy it ending. It was a fascinating story. It was yeah. kind of sad, but you're right. Happy ending. It's a happy, happy ending. ending. It ended well. Yeah. So, Kaya, well, how long have you been listening to our shows? Since the very first episode of Stable one. Scoop. Actually, I joined in on about the third or fourth one, and I loved it. And I went back and listened to the first couple, and got caught up, and I have never stopped. So I've you're never, kind of a, we talk about Rhonda, uh, our Canadian listener, being a legacy listener. You're kind yeah. of a legacy listener. I yeah, I guess so. so. From I've been the beginning, doing this for about twelve years. Yeah. Well, that's fat. Yeah. That's great. Thank yeah. you for doing that. We I appreciate that. It's Why do you keep listening? We're such a we're so boring. Why you're do you entertain. Keep <laughs> you are not boring. You are many things, Glenn, but boring is not one of them. <laughs> Jamie and I so, wonder why people still listen after ten years. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And I want to tell you, being an auditor and when you have the access to the post shows, that is an absolute. Hoot. Those are, um, let's just say they're not safe for work. Not well, no, they're not safe for work. They're not family friendly always, but that's okay. But um, they are super, super fun. They're really, they're just a riot, and it's a lot of. I, I enjoy supporting you and getting access to that. So, well, thank you for that. What do you yeah. do with what do you horse? What tell us about your horse life? Okay, so I am a classically trained. I'm from Germany. I'm a classically trained dressage. Aren't rider. you all? You, you guys get you guys get that in yeah preschool. Yeah. Preschool, yeah. they yeah, go to dressage school. Raised on it like the bottle. <laughs> but I was you know traditionally trained dressage trainer and. Um, in about, I would say, the last five or six years, I have blended my traditional training with um, science-based positive reinforcement training. I've become friends with Shauna. Oh, so you listened to all of her episodes, other, didn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, we know yeah. each other. We're friends in, yeah. in real life. And um, She's talking she's about Shauna Koresh, who has a, 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 a Equine Clicker 101 on yeah, the network. great show on the network. And um, so we met at a conference at a forum that we both were participating in and met in person and I think extremely highly of her and she kind of is my mentor and so I have blended yeah fabulous so I've blended you know the positive reinforcement training with the traditional training to try to find just you know a softer more empathetic compassionate way to you know to train upper level dressage horses you know that sometimes just don't respond you know you have to think outside the box you know and the traditional ways just don't work and that's how i think a lot of people find these different training methods is you know they try the same thing that you know you're going to find a horse that just doesn't it doesn't work for you know they don't respond to the the usual ways and i had one encore you know Mm -hmm. ashley's mare that they had given up on training her to pee off. They said she just will never make it to Grand Prix because she cannot pee off. She just doesn't have it in her. And I click her trainer to pee off, you know, and she has a beautiful pee off. Wow. And she had been given up on by a traditional Grand Prix trainer, just totally said, can't do it. And I said, hide and watch. <laughs> so I, made I like that project. hide and watch. I like I that. that. I made that my project, and I presented that as my case study at the Progressive International Equine Behavior Forum in Tell Orlando. Tell us about that. So I saw that, that on your Facebook awesome. page. Yeah. What is Shauna that? and I both did that. What that is is a panel of 40 professionals, and they're PhDs in behavior or veterinary behaviorists or trainers that use, you know, science-based positive training for horses. Jamie and, should go to that. She'd and love we basically, that. oh, Jamie would love yeah. it. Oh, Jamie would love it. But anyway, it's a forum. It's a roundtable type forum, and there's 40 of us, and we each, you know, present. And my, my presentation 
presentation was a case study on how I took this mare that basically was shut down. She would stand there and just freeze and just clamp her lips and just stand there like a statue and wouldn't move when she was asked to pee off because she'd just been freaked out. And I just totally, you know, took a different approach, you know, and taught her to do it. So um, we had different presentations. One of the presentations was really cool. It was a, a, a PhD from, from Ireland who did a study on nosebands and the detrimental effect of tightening, you know, too tight nosebands. And they actually took data and um, the data was fascinating. You know, they did, they put sensors under nosebands and cranked them to different tightnesses and showed how tight they actually are. And it's an eye opener. You know, that was really fascinating. And um, makes everybody takes their nosebands off. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> after that, you really want to just take nosebands off. But anyway, it was just, it's a really fascinating conference. And unfortunately, due to COVID, we haven't been able to do it, you know, last year and this year. But we're hoping to be able to, you know, get that going again. But the, the horse magazine, you know, the horse magazine, which is kind of a veterinary type, they actually did a write-up on, on the conference a couple of years ago. So, you know, people can go back and, and read up on that, find that issue and read up on that if they're interested. So, so what yeah. got you started into the science of how horses learn? What in your background prompted you to go that direction? I'm a very that's just my oriented. I come from a veterinary family. My sister and brother-in-law are both veterinary specialists and I'm a veterinary technician. And so I'm already kind of leaning that way anyway. I like mm -hmm. to know why things work and not just do it because that's how it's always been done. I want to yeah. know why I want to break it down. I like to know, you know, about, you know, the, the ethology and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I just want to, I want to understand why something works and it never made sense to me. You know, sometimes some of the traditional methods when people say do this and I'm like, why it's because it's, that's the way it's always been done. That's not a sufficient answer for me, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. especially not when a horse is obviously, not responding well. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, keep doing it. I'm like, well, it's not working, <laughs> you know, and he's just getting more and more upset. So like, there's this, you know, something's not working. And you know, what's that saying? You know, the definition of insanity is, you know, doing yeah. the same thing over and over again and expecting, expecting different, different, res different yeah. results. So yeah. I'm like, no, we got to, you know, figure out why this isn't working. Let's, let's try something else. Yeah. You know? Interesting. I, I have more questions for you, but before yeah, we do, sure. <laughs> you guys got to do something fun and you'll, you'll find a video of this on our Facebook page at Horses in the Morning. Horse Lovers, one of our terrific sponsors, sent you both boxes. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. It's so funny because Horse Lovers has been our sponsor for eight years or so. Mm -hmm. We love Horse Lovers, and, and I know our listeners buy lots of stuff from Horse Lovers. Uh, of course, Horse Lovers probably has one of the largest selections of all online tax stores uh, by far. But they called up and they said, we want to send something to our farm hosts along the way, along this trip. And we, you guys got to do an unboxing today and they sent you all kinds of goodies. All kinds of goodies. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. That was it pays to have us visit, doesn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> well, you I can come I, back anytime. <laughs> I, I said that earlier. I was like, I volunteer for a hosting of all future road shows ever. So what did Horse Lover send you? Blankets and bright or yeah. Uh, halters and halters, a leads, rug? A halter? uh, uh, hay bag, hay bag, mm -hmm. yeah, and little magnet clips, yeah, socks, socks, socks. yeah, you guys great got socks. all kinds of yeah, stuff, great multiple, socks. multiple pairs of socks. What brand yes. was it, Jennifer? 
Gatsby. It's Gatsby. Gatsby. That's their house brand, I think. Yeah, it was all Gatsby. Horse Lovers. So thank you to Horse Lovers for doing that. We really appreciate all the support of the years. And please go check them out. They're always having sales and stuff there at horselovers.com. So we appreciate their support for this road trip. And of course, all our other sponsors, too, we'll talk about during this episode. But I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite? Other listeners want to know what people like about the shows. So mm-hmm. what's your favorite part? Is it entertainment? Is it education? It, well, I know you listen to dressage, too. Is yes. it the bumper music? Is it the, yeah. Is it, uh, <laughs> the bumper music is always good. That's always <laughs> is, I know you I listen just, to Reese and Philip over at dressage. I and you do, have for years. and I know Reese. I've met Reese in person because she came here and did clinics here and not in Montevallo, but close enough, you know, in the Birmingham area. And um, I would go to her clinics. And um, it's been a while since she's been here. She needs to come back. Hear that, Reese? But anyway, Reese, come Get back. Out of Lexington. But anyway, <laughs> but um, we love Reese. But I, I listen to the dressage radio show, of course, because I'm a dressage writer. But I, I really like the horses in the morning show. I don't know if it was right away or pretty early on. I realized that. Jamie and I are both horse racing nuts. I am a horse racing freak. Okay. Absolute capital letters freak. And because I used to work at the track, I used to gallop in the mornings and I love the sport. You two have a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah. And so I discovered that racing, you know, was something that Jamie also liked. So I listened, you know, for that and I just really got attached to that show, like just right off the bat. And I mean, I've just, I don't think I've ever actually missed more than like one or two in a row that I didn't listen to like later that day. More than I have. Later that day, you know, I'd I'd catch them. I'd catch them later that day. I might catch the replay, but I don't think I've ever missed more than like one or two in in consecutive shows. I've listened to them, you know, all the time, and they're just. I listen to them. I drive a lot because a lot of my clients are like, uh, you know, forty five minutes to an hour drive away from here. Nothing's here, as Linda can tell you. All the horses are. Yeah, you guys are cutting them out the middle of nowhere. Horses, all the barns I go to, like on the other side of town, Mm -hmm. so they're like an hour away. So driving time is a great time to listen to the podcast i listen to him in my truck we help like, people yeah. kill more time yeah. yeah that's what we do we help people <laughs> thank kill goodness time. for long commutes yeah that's yeah. right yeah. we help people kill well, time i almost always have it on in the truck and i have one show or another i mean i listen to almost all of them. even if it's not my discipline i just listen to him for fun now you've been listening to really bad yeah, ads so. for 10 years every friday i want to win a box of crap i have not managed to win a box of crap <laughs> we gave you a box of crap today. I, well, horse lovers crap. gave you a box that of crap that wasn't crap well i don't send out crap either you well sometimes i, I want to know what's in your box of crap <laughs> well, you, i want to win you know early on the Boxes of crap really were, were crap. Boxes it was crap. everything out of my closet. I we didn't want to, anymore. We used to send boxes of, with duct tape in them. It was just, yeah, double-ended was snaps. Crap. But I wanted to win a box of crap to see what crap I would get. I really wanted to win one. I'm running out of crap. We haven't been any conferences, yeah, see, of course. We, the crap you know. comes from all the it conferences. It comes from all the conferences. Yeah. They give us all this free stuff. And the people who did come to last Saturday's uh, going away they party, they got books because I had mm. about fifty books. Had a closet there. full of books, yeah. and I need to get rid of them. There must have been hundred and fifty pounds worth of books. That's right. Thank you so much for taking the books. All right, Linda, <laughs> this is your job. Oh dear. Describe. We're in Central Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. And I, we're traveling through fourteen states, I think. So describe the horse community here in Central Alabama. What do you have? Give give people a picture of what it's like here. First of all, description of the, it's rolling gentle hills, and it's absolutely beautiful that way. A lot of trees, you know, it's very southern here still. Obviously, it's Alabama. Uh, but what about the horse community? Well, there's a mixture. Um, there's there's plenty of hunters, hunters and jumpers. There's um, people who fox hunt. 
I mean, I have friends who fox hunt. There's hundreds but most in of those Alabama. are up in North Alabama, probably. Um, but around here, there's a dressage, um, and there's a lot of um, gated horses, walking horses, um, racking horses, and western and trail. There's a you so you know, got a little bit of everything here. Yeah, and mm. there are a few people who carriage drive. Not many, but there's a few. Um, kind of interspersed here and there. You, around. you get that when you go to Ocala over the winter. You get a lot of more oh, carriage well, drivers yeah. down there. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, well, like is, I said, we live just around the corner from yeah. Chester's yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. Is there a active 4-H or pony club community around here? Um, yes, there is. Um, the pony club uh, used to be a very active pony club called Cahaba Pony Club um, that was in Birmingham. At, kind of on the outskirts of Birmingham. And um, that pony club kind of died out, but it has been rekindled. Oh, good. And um, so now it's over basically in Harpersville, I think pretty much is where they do most of the pony club stuff. Um, 4-H, there's probably a lot of 4-H um, around. It's more toward Clanton, I think. that Yeah, they, more towards yeah. Clanton. And um, what else? <sighs> well, I can tell you what else. Let me give you some of the observations on our drive up here. <laughs> um, so you have a lot of rodeos here because I've oh, seen yes. signs for rodeos Ro- yes. along the interstate. Rodeo, 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 rodeo. 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 <laughs> well, you know that the the team roping was always a big thing. Yeah, yeah. team pinning and team roping. Yeah. Team yeah. pinning and team rope because they can make money on that. Yeah, well, yeah. they make more money than any English person ever made. Oh, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. They, they couldn't yeah. have the right absolutely. idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's a pretty big barrel racing community here. I, I gather. Yeah. You have something else I didn't even know existed. And this is soon after we came across the Alabama line from Florida. And I always thought this had been in Georgia, if there was one. And that's the National Peanut Festival. Oh, yeah, Um, we do. Oh, my God. That Mm -hmm. fairgrounds is huge. Down in Dothan. Mm -hmm. Is the festival that big? Yeah, apparently. I've never been to it. You've never been to the National Peanut Festival? I've been by that place multiple times. Now that's as something many Jennifer times and I would I've been do down. if we were close enough. We'd we be totally so good at the down. National Peanut <laughs> Festival. Totally we love festivals. I always thought that had been in Georgia, and I know I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that, but mm-hmm. I think Peanuts, Georgia, maybe because Thank of you, Mr. Carter. Jimmy Carter, Carter, right? Yeah, you know, right. You think that. Uh, but, you know, I know they're known for peaches, too, but I didn't even know there was one. So there you go. Apparently, it's a big deal. Apparently in Alabama. It's a big deal. It's yeah. a big um, showground. I mean... Fairgrounds down there. Yeah. Now, there's something else we saw a sign for. We didn't know what it was because we never had it before. What was that? Jelly? May. May. Oh, Hall. Um, May Hall. May Hall Jelly. May Hall Jelly. Don't ask me. Oh. <laughs> May Hall. We Googled I, I'm it. I'm not a Southerner born and bred. I was born in Massachusetts. Okay. grew up in West Virginia. <laughs> okay. So Listen, May Florida Hall is part of the time. <laughs> we, we, had to, we had to Google May we Hall We had to go. Jelly. It's apparently some kind of berry. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's the fruit of a hawthorn tree. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Now. Who knew? We're going to also do something for you, all of you. Get your paper and pencils out, and we're going to give you the simplest, best dessert recipe you can find <laughs> because they were kind mm. enough to cook for us tonight. Mm. And I would say the dessert sauce was the highlight. So you had a <laughs> mixed bowl of fruit, just any mixed bowl of fruit, right? Mm-hmm. But the sauce, and it's so simple to make, and I've never had it. It was so good. So tell us about the sauce. All it is is just sour cream, honey, and cinnamon to taste. You just mix it up. Is together. it sour cream and the honey? So sour like, cream and honey and a, and cinnamon, and you just mix it up to whatever you like the taste. Yeah, of. Yeah, I, I would say the texture. The texture was um, somewhere between heavy cream and thin pancake batter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's about yeah, right. But it was so mm-hmm. good over the fruit. It was. Just yeah. so I'm sorry. I just it, it's the great straw. over soup. Yeah. 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 Give me you a straw. drink it by the oh, bowl. I drink it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So we're going to try and help you all out with recipes along the way, too. So there <laughs> you go. You well, that one's an easy one. Recipe. Oh, yes. We did have sangrias <laughs> that were excellent, too. Oh, all right. Yeah. You do the drink recipe. The, sang- the white sangria, yeah, yeah. which white I've never sangria. had before, by the way. It was yeah. really good. It's kind of a, more of a summer sangria for me. Because it was. It was very refreshing. So I use white wine, and I use Sauvignon Blanc for this. And um, I use – it's it's basically – like I was telling Glenn and Jen, I've made it for so long. I don't use measurements. <laughs> I just eyeball it. But basically, you want to get a bottle of the white wine. You get a big gallon pitcher, you know, that you like a just a tea pitcher. Or Not a like gallon a pitcher of white wine. You no, can just get a regular use your bottle. pitcher because okay. you have to put everything okay, in Okay, got it. it. Okay, so <laughs> you want to get some peach schnapps. And I probably put about three quarters of a cup of peach schnapps in my pitcher. And then I put the whole bottle of wine and I put about uh, half a quart of orange juice. And this time I used orange tangerine juice. It's mixed. And about the same amount of either 7-Up or Sprite. And I mix all that together and I throw a whole bunch of fruit in there. You can buy the fruit either fresh or you can use the bag frozen kind that you use for smoothies or whatever. And this is like strawberries and pineapple chunks and mango chunks. And, you know, it's just tropical fruit. And you just throw all that in there and mix it all up. And it's and then you drink between the peach bellinis and and those. We're that's why we sound so happy tonight. (laughs) It's very refreshing. It's dark out. It's we're usually asleep by now, but we're just happy now because of that. So we we do not have a care in the world at the moment. (laughs) Nope. Thank you both for everything. Thank (laughs) you for having us here, and thank you for for being part of our adventure. We appreciate it. It's and thank you for fun. listening, being one of our legacy listeners. Yeah, I've been yeah. day one, just about. I would say maybe day four, but I went back and caught up on the episodes. And like, <laughs> that counts. Well, I lassoed Dr. Weber, who is Nigel's veterinarian, <laughs> while she was out here giving Nigel his shots. And I had a quick question for you that I thought everybody would find really interesting. When Nigel was sick a few... Oh, look, thunder. We'll let that go. A few weeks back, he had a very high fever, but no other symptoms. And the first thing you reached for was something called an SAA test. What is that, and why did you reach for it? So the SAA test is a newer blood test uh, that tests for a really specific protein that's produced by the liver in response to infection. And that's uh, a protein called serum amyloid A, so SAA. And this test was developed to actually be able to do that stall side. So, you know, kind of the first advantage to it is that you can do it at, at the side of the stall. You don't you know? have to wait around for lab I don't ha- And yeah. I don't have to delay treatment. So if I'm at a farm and I have a horse that clearly, you know, he's, he has a fever, something's wrong, we want to get him started on whatever is the appropriate therapy, I don't have to say, well, I'm going to take this blood to the lab and I'll probably have it back tomorrow and then we can decide what to do for him. I can have a result in 10 minutes and we can make a plan from there while I'm still present and get him treated faster. So, you know, that's that's kind of its first advantage. The other is that it's quite specific for in, infectious inflammation. So it's really good for differentiating uh, a, a source of infectious inflammation versus non-infectious. In the case of a horse, say, with a fever but no other symptoms, uh, especially here in Florida, that can be also due to a horse developing anhydrosis. Oh, because he's just plain old um, overheated. Correct. So if you know your horse isn't sweating, isn't cooling himself, they'll get a fever, usually a little lethargy, but maybe no other symptoms. Um, in a horse like that, because there's no infection present, your SAA is going to be normal, which is just zero. 
So I, I find that quite useful in, in that particular situation to determine that versus a horse that has a fever that's viral or bacterial in origin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's obviously an entirely different treatment path. So. so when you get the results in 10 minutes flat, which was I found utterly fascinating, um, are there, is there no infection, slight infection, raging infection? Are there different levels? Absolutely. There's, so it quantifies between zero and 3,000, the reader. And yes, the level of infection uh, will correlate with the, the number. The SA usually peaks a couple of days after the onset of infection. So where you are in the disease course can also influence the number you get. Um, a low positive number can either be a mild infection or it can just be a, an infection that was caught very, very early. It does start to go up within 6 to 12 hours of onset of infection, which is actually another uh, plus because it's somewhat similar to the fibrinogen that we use on the standard blood panel, but uh, that doesn't go up for nearly 72 hours uh, following infection. So this is just a little quicker. It tracks the disease course more closely. But yes, a horse that has a mild infection is usually going to have a lower number than a horse with, um, you know, say two, three thousand. Mm-hmm. Those are usually your your pretty serious raging infection. Mm-hmm. So from that particular test is. Are you able to differentiate whether it is likely bacterial or likely viral? That, unfortunately, it does not. So it just says infectious versus non-infectious. So, um, you know, there are certain particular disease processes where they think they're starting to see trends. But no, the short answer is we can't determine viral versus bacterial with those. Well, there we go. That's what an SAA test is. Thank you, Dr. Weber. You're welcome. And here I am again, joined by Janet Geyer, who is the mad scientist behind Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. And we're going to talk a little bit about roasting your horse's horse feed. That's right. The the ingredients that are non-GMO verified in the Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds sometimes are roasted. And I'm sure there's a reason for that. So, Janet, inform me. Well, thank you very much, Jen. Um, The reason that we flame roast is really twofold. One of them is uh, basically to increase digestibility because once you roast, it opens up the kernels and allows the product to be a whole lot more digestible so you actually get more for your money. The second reason is is that grain usually sits in a silo for a long period of time. And during this period of time, you have little creatures in there, you have little mice, you have insects, you have birds. You have droppings, you have bacteria and mold growing, and if it sits for a really long period of time in a humid environment, it can really grow a lot of mold. So by roasting it, you're actually killing off the mold and uh, killing off the bacteria and making a cleaner product. Does that change the moisture content or do you add moisture back into it again? Well, it actually lowers the moisture content, and we use this actually as a natural preservative. So moisture creates mold and bacteria to grow. If you don't have any of the spores there to grow, uh, you're not going to have any mold and bacteria. And by keeping the moisture low, uh, it's a natural preservative. So we don't have to add anything, no chemical uh, mold inhibitors in there. I like that idea a whole lot. So if you want to learn more 
about the Daily Dose Equine non-GMO verified horse feeds. You can do that at DailyDoseEquine.com. And you can also find a local retailer to purchase your feed. Or you can go to Chewy.com and order your horse feed for fast and convenient nationwide delivery. Thanks, Janet. Well, another another pseudo daily Winnie I have, you know, this is a couple of days old, so everybody should already know the fact that Julia Krajewski of Germany beat and uh, Oliver Townen during the show jumping portion of the individual eventing competition to become the first woman to win the individual gold in Olympic history. I, How did that surprise you? That's I thought awesome. there must have been one before. <laughs> I just, I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, but I, it's I was surprised. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't think of, you know, I, it, it didn't ring a bell to me that a woman hadn't until yeah. I was like, oh wow, you know what? Nobody has won it. So I just love it, and I love the fact that she beat Oliver Town. Power, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and have you been still watching nonstop? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the show jumping start. It's so funny to watch the Olympics. So you watch the dressage portion, okay? And these horses are ridiculous and amazing and lofty and powerful. Look like chess pieces gliding across. Barely a sight is seen of the rider moving a muscle, you know. And then they went to eventing dressage. And you're like, oh my God, what is happening? How is that? Like, I watched Oliver Town, I was like, that's hideous. Like, everything was like, gross. I was like, this is terrible eventing, terrible. Dressage. You weren't the only one. I saw a million posts on Facebook about that. But I'd watched three days of Grand Prix dressage, which yeah. we yes. all know is very, very different. So then fast forward to, I watched the, then you watch the cross country and you're like, God bless. These horses are superheroes. Yeah. And then you watch the show jumping and you're like, shoot can anybody not knock a dang rail down like, <laughs> it's just show jumping and the jumps they're big but like you know and you're like they're knocking them down like you know pick them pick up sticks and then comes the olympic show jumping portion where the fences are taller and they're harder and these horses come out and it was like Everybody had like one second time penalty. Yeah. yeah. And nobody hits anything. It's almost getting boring watching go round and round because they all do it clear. It's they like... all do it perfectly. It's amazing. I mean, there was some drama here and there, but the one that it started at 5 a.m. and I couldn't sleep. So I just turned it on and watched it live for like four straight hours and nodded off and woke up. Every time a Lucinda would go, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so I was watching that and you're just like, oh my gosh. Thank God for the cross country portion of eventing because that is what makes eventers. It is not certainly the dressage or the show jumping <laughs> portion. That is the impressive part. Okay. Uh it was it was cool to watch. So I've watched a lot of it. Did you see Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart talking about Olympics? No. Oh, it was hysterically funny. I I I I see this link and it's like Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart discuss. Olympic dressage. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so bad. This is going to be so bad. They're going to just rip it. So it comes on and it's a horse doing like a half pass. And Snoop Dogg loses his mind. He's like, oh my God, that horse is crip walking. <laughs> like, I, like, 
like going across, I guess it's some sort of like, I'm not like a cool rapper side. I don't understand things, but apparently he was, he was like, at the end, he was like, I'm putting that horse in my music video. Like he thought it was yeah. the most <laughs> impressive thing. And Kevin Hart's like, he's prancing. This is called prancing. And Snoop Dogg's like, no, this is dressage. This is dressage. <laughs> and, and, and like, just is blown away. by it. they started showing like tempi changes. And they, it was really, really cool. So if you haven't seen that, Google Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg. Watch the Olympics. You could actually oh, it's play funny. because they beeped out all the nine million f bombs that Snoop Dogg was <laughs> yeah. dropping. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Forget, forget that. Yeah, but. I figured if you said Snoop Dogg, I wasn't allowed to play it. So. <laughs> they had it ready. They had it edited. But yeah. it was really cool. Oh, I so liked I when was... I liked when he asked to see the clip again, and he just went off, just totally, just did the same thing again <laughs> and again. You know, it was funny. Yeah, and Kevin Hart's like, "Oh, crit boxing, Benny, Benny uh, uh, Olympic sport now! Oh my god!" <laughs> like, it was so funny, and I just thought, well, that went a lot better than I thought it was. <laughs> Because you get some some rap stars seeing dressage, you, you just don't know what to expect. But they're not going to be pleasant. Like <laughs> I, it, 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 you hear, like normal people that have watched some of the Olympic equestrian sports, and they're just like. They have no idea. I mean, it's like me watching archery, you know, or like speed climbing or something. I, I I don't know what I'm looking at. And then you add an animal into the whole mix, and then it becomes really confusing for non-horse people. So it's been it, well, it, you know, the horse does all the work. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you know what what they need to do is to get Lucinda with Snoop Dogg. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. That would be the best thing ever. Yes, make it happen. You know, maybe people. I could edit it. Maybe I could edit it together. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, with your new video editing yeah, yeah, skills. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, this weekend, so we head from here now. We're going to be driving north again, uh, and we're going to be actually visiting with uh, Jennifer's brother. Lives 15 minutes from here, so we're going to get to see him for a night. And then we're heading to Lexington. We're going to pick up Jamie at the airport, and we're going to have a meetup in Lexington on Saturday afternoon. If you're anywhere in the area, please come out to the Kentucky Horse Park around 4 o'clock at the Carriage Association of America offices, which is two buildings down. De- to the right of the standard standard bread museum. So I'm not driving, uh, Glenn. You are making me go to a carriage museum. I am not driving a horse. <laughs> I don't think they're going to have any horses there for you to drive, uh, so you'll be safe. So, uh, so we're going to head over there, have a, a big meet up there, and then we're doing some fun stuff on Sunday as well. So we're uh, and we're going to get to see Karen and Reese. We're going to stay with Reese Koffler Stanfield from the Dressage Show, uh, and stay with Karen from Kentucky Performance Products as well. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun over the weekend, and we hope to see a lot of you there. Uh, Jamie, don't forget that you have to bring clothing. We're doing a, a small. Uh, photo shoot to update our photos from eight, ten, twelve years ago. We haven't <laughs> no, done what that. Is, what does that mean exactly? Like we did last me? time, we're just going to run around uh, the horse park and get some photos together. You said bring clothing. And well, I didn't know what you wanted to wear. Women to are always like, up. if I hadn't told her to bring photo clothes, she would have been all mad at me. You but, know? but technically, you didn't tell her to bring photo clothes. I am right now. Photo clothes. <laughs> yeah, you just said clothing. Yeah, bring photo See, clothes. Really, You're going to get your picture what taken. Makes, what this makes me do is, is I now have to go, Glenn, what are you going to wear? <laughs> you know what's funny like, I don't is I dress. actually thought about asking what color you were going to wear so we weren't wearing the same colors. So yeah, we're going to have exactly. to coordinate that after the show. That's really boring for listeners, but we'll we'll get that figured out. But yeah, don't forget that. Lisa, send some outfits with Glenn so I can put them on. There you go. <laughs> How about we do some weird news now? What do you think? Deal. 
All right, let's do some weird news right after I find the sound which I'm playing on my phone. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. It couldn't be more true than in this one if you're afraid to, you know, embarrassed to be a part of the human race. First, let me back up and tell you that weird news stories were submitted by Laureen, Jessica, Casey, and Rochelle this week. So thank you guys. If you see a story in the news and you're like, wow, that's weird, email it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com with the title weird news in the subject line, and then you will make it on the show and you'll help me do all my show prep. So I appreciate it. Now this one is weird and this one will make you mad, but I just thought the way that this person did this deserved a mention. So there's a man in Indonesia. We're going to head to Indonesia and he wanted to get on a plane, but he didn't have a current clear COVID test, which is being required. You know, you have to have the negative PCR test, all the IDs and everything like that. Well, he's in Indonesia. So he wore like one of those covers over his face and he handed some identification over trying to get through security. I don't know how this went through. They did not say, but apparently his ID and the coronavirus negative test that he had belonged to his wife. <laughs> and so he basically pretended to be a woman. He bought the plane ticket with his wife's name, brought the identity card, the PCR test result, and the vaccination card, all with his wife's name on them. Somehow he got through security and he went and he got on an airplane. His mistake was then he went into the bathroom on the airplane and changed clothes. <laughs> so he he decided he wanted to be a man. So he went into the bathroom, changed clothes in the airplane lavatory, came out, and the flight attendants were like, mm, no, <laughs> you're not that guy. So he was escorted off the plane. And this is where it takes midair. They just threw him off. <laughs> That's how they do it there. Yeah. They should have, because turns out he was positive. Oh, oh no. So he uh, is currently, he was sent home. He's self-isolating and the investigation will continue. I don't have the loser bumper. I really need to keep that one handy. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, dear God. It, you don't have to be a parent to, to, to not be okay with this. We're going to head to Georgia. And a lady named Trish Wilcher was in her house and she was in her kid's room and, and she was putting him to bed and she saw the, this like piece of fuzz on the floor under the bed. So she went to reach for it and it moved. No. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, what is that? And she looks under the bed and it's a snake <gasps> in oh. her child's bedroom. Oh. So she went and yelled, hey, there's a snake in here. There's a snake in here under the bed. And the husband runs in. She said they turned the bedroom upside down and they found 18 snakes. No way. I had gotten the shotgun oh. out and just started taking the bedroom out. <laughs> just burn the house down. Yeah, just burn the there's house no down. There's no way oh, I'd ever go back in that house. Oh. It was like a mama and her babies had hatched under oh, her child's bed God. in Georgia. I don't care now, what kind of snakes. <laughs> 
I knew that was what you were going to ask. Yes. We're not venomous. They were garter snakes. I don't care. Still, <laughs> still. Can you imagine? Like, you're like, let me go check on my baby. It's the middle of the night. And you walk upstairs and you see like a snake wrapped around their face. Oh, oh that oh. child's never going to be right again. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have nightmares now. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look under your bed before you go to bed. People. You snake. You're in Tennessee. You're pretty close to Georgia. Oh, you're right yeah. next door. We saw a snake yesterday. We did. Yeah. <laughs> so We did. I'm not sleeping. I'm checking the camper when we get back to the farm. A Georgia biologist said his name is Daniel Sollenberger told the Augusta Chronicle, noting that they can come in through small cracks or open spaces such as holes. La 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 like sewer pipes and things like that. It's common. It's common. He goes on for snakes to come inside if a home has a mouse problem. In which case, he noted that the snakes. Might actually be helpful. No, no, <laughs> not helpful. Never sleeping again. And I will look under my bed every night. Aren't you glad you have a new house uh, where it doesn't have a lot of extra holes? And people yeah, with doggy doors? No way I'd ever have a doggy door. More uh, raccoons and skunks and things oh. come in through doggy doors. We have a cat door in the barn. You know, I close the barn doors, and but the cat door. And so we have possums and raccoons and all kinds of critters coming in the barn through the cat door. Very exciting for them. The barn's one mm-hmm. thing, your house is another. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, next one. Let's play the next one. Um, we're gonna head to Florida. Of course, we, we are. Do. We always head to we're, Florida. We're gonna we're gonna spend a little time in Florida uh, because this one was sent by a listener, and her question was not about the actual event. Okay, so what happened? It was there's a it's a lawn video. And there's a bunch of, let's see, it's outside of, in Payne's Prairie Preserve State Park, south of Gainesville. That's right near so, where we live. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> oh, this is only in Florida will this happen. And then there's a, there's a group of wild horses. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. Yep. I ride my bike through have, there. Yeah. They have wild horses down there. Yeah. In, in that prairie, there's wild horses along with the alligators. Yep. And that was her question was like, there's wild horses in Florida. That's the weird part of this news. Now they and are. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, in this news, there's a, there's a ginormous, Oh, ginormous alligator that's hanging out. And somebody was videoing the wild horses and they're kind of off to the side. And all of a sudden this dang horse, I don't know if it was a mama or the stallion or something. Anyway, something set this horse off and it just went to stomping this gator. Like, Ooh, that's a tough horse. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I've never seen that before. I've heard of it. I'll send you the link because it's on YouTube. You can YouTube. uh, So there's video of it? There's video of it. These people were just videoing the wild horses and the gator and the wild horse and the gator. And all of a sudden this wild horse is like, you got to go and just (laughs) went right over and just started stomping on it. At one point, it looks like the gator actually grabs the front leg, but the horse is so lightning fast and just stomp, stomp, stomps, flips this probably 10 foot alligator over on its back. I mean, it really was aggressive. So I'll send you. Does that that make you never want to work with horses again? Jamie? Like, wow. That sure as hell makes me not want to get near a gator. <laughs> so so did it kill the alligator? The alligator walked off and actually they went on to say that sh- the person who I, I just sent it to you and, and Skype Glenn, uh, the person who videoed it actually called the preserve later to make sure the gator was okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go out and check. They're going to go out in the swamp and start looking around to see if the gator's okay. Oh, wow. She People said, really I don't understand wildlife. Was it a mare or yeah. a stallion? 
I that that's what I can't tell. Um, and it doesn't identify it. But it's she, the uh, Crystal Berry, who captured the video, said the gator appeared to survive the blow. And she said, "quote I did contact the reserve to check on the horse and the gator. There were no clear signs of distress or bleeding when we left the site." <laughs> 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 Wow. Hey, kids, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's what, you know, you got to think that the horses have lived there for a long time. You got to think that that horse has had a run in before and he knew how to handle the gators, you know? Oh, yeah. Get rid of it. Dealt with the gators. I wonder if it was that gator in particular. Yeah, that one that always pisses them off. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't even facing the herd. It was like sunning. It's like poor innocent alligator. It just gets attacked out of nowhere. That's the first time that statement's ever been made. Poor innocent alligator. Poor little gator. We're going to just do a short one here because we're going to stay in Florida because this one was sent to me. And the, all it is, is, uh, there's no story that comes along with it. It was just a tweet that was put out and it's a Florida man headline. So people love to share it. And the title, the the, the headline goes <clears throat> Florida man arrested after one month of eating slim Jims at gas station for free man claimed corporate sent him as a quote regional gym specter. So basically this dude who in his mugshot is wearing a tank top and a beard that has not been groomed in quite some time <laughs> was going to a gas station, walked in and said, Hey, I'm here from corporate. I'm here to check on your slim gyms and proceed to eat them and return daily for a month before the person working the desk was like, Hmm. I don't know. I feel like you deserve to have your Slim Jim. I'm the Slim Jim inspector. <laughs> I'm the Slim Jim inspector, and I'm here to taste all of your Slim Jims and see if they're okay. Jamie, you know what? Florida's not too far off of Oklahoma. I bet you could say you were the beer inspector and walk into any outlet out there. There we come. Now, the last one I've saved particularly for Lisa. Must oh, be Tennessee. Oh, this is scary. <laughs> We're heading to Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Um, this is the uh, in Gatlinburg. Casey Myers, a South Carolinian, Carolinian, visiting Gatlinburg with her family, captured a video of all these pedestrians flocking to the window of Crawdaddy's restaurant and oyster bar. And the video is like, it's like pandemonium. Like all these people come running, cars stop, and everybody runs over to this restaurant. Turns out that there were people sitting in the restaurant eating. The door was open and um, a giant bear walked in. Oh, like, no. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Lunch? An, em- an employee at Crawdaddy's said the bear entered through the front door and then ran up a staircase. <laughs> like, up, I'm the get up the stairs? floor. I want the balcony view. There, cool. Um, yeah. So uh, apparently, everybody. Uh, there was some video, I guess, before that, and this is where the morons come in. Is that there's a lot of video of the bear walking around, and it says that she also captured photos of the, the bear wandering on the sidewalk outside of Crawdaddy's and getting within an arm's reach of several per- pedestrians. Why? How does that happen? Why were you 
completely surrounding a bear that's <laughs> running around. And, and Gallenberg is not a metropolis. Like, it's like a city in the middle of the woods. It's, it's yeah, but yes. it's pretty busy. There are it's a lot a, of people. It's a big tourist area, yeah. but holy cow. Yeah. I mean, there's a bear and you're. You're hanging around? Yeah. I mean, you're not like two blocks away? Yeah, again, like, people don't understand it. nature. They just don't, yeah. they think it's, he's like on TV, you know, and it's going to be fine. They just don't you know what? Nature. One time I went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and you know they had this bear train walking up and down the road. <laughs> it, it went into the restaurants and everything. It was so cute. I just loved it. He got tired of the fish in the river and came down. He wanted a steak, darn it. Oh, man. Well, you know what? It's a crawdaddy place. So oh, yeah. He wanted some craw- yeah. Oh, well, the crawfish would be yeah. perfect. So so how did they get the bear out of the restaurant? Yeah, how did that happen? It turns out in an utter panic moment, uh, Lisa, good question, that uh, when people freaked out, the bear at the top of the stairs turned tail, ran down the stairs and out the door, which is where crowds of people were as he ran through the crowd of people back into the woods. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, this is a bad idea. Did he take any of them with him? Was there any word on that? He did not eat any human. They said that bears, uh, the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency said bears are a common sight in Gatlinburg and offered some free advice to steer clear of the wild animals. <laughs> yeah, you know, Gatlinburg sits right in the middle of the Smoky Mountains, yes. and that's where yeah. bears live. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The agency said bears typically will not act aggressively towards humans, but people always should keep a safe distance from them. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, he's not it's smoking bear. the bear. <laughs> so you wonder how many people actually thought that that was somebody dressed up in a bear, bear suit. suit. Yeah. Or I'm they telling were like, you, they oh my God, this town is so neat. I can't believe they just let bears loose run around here so everybody can see them. I'm a tourist. <laughs> Brought them in for me today. <laughs> my. This place is special. Oh, man. You know what I bet that bear would have loved is Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls and Uncle Jimmy's licky things. I bet he would have loved both of those. Was that a good transition or what? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Things to help combat boredom. You can do that, but providing your horse entertainment in the stall at the same time as providing them much-needed minerals and nutrients that are either not found in other treats or at left at the bottom of the box or the bin. Ask for Uncle Jimmy's Hanging Balls, Licky Things, and Squeezy Buns at your local tax shop or feed supplier, or go online to uncle-jimmies.com. That's uncle-jimmies.com. And we've had Squeezy Buns along with us on this trip. They sent us some, and every horse has eaten Squeezy Buns. There is no oh, yes. horse out there that won't eat a Squeezy yes. Bun. <laughs> yes. None of them. So... Thank you to Uncle Jimmy's for that. Thank you to all our other sponsors for this trip and making it possible. And also thank you to State Line Tech for being our title sponsor today. We're going to have a little bit of a post show here. And uh, uh, that's for the auditors, if you want to become an auditor. And we are, we're doing special uh, videos and things for the auditors this whole trip as well. So uh, we've been posting those daily in the auditor Facebook room. If you want to become an auditor, go to horseradionetwork.com. Scroll down the right-hand side of the page, and you'll find the auditor banner, and you can go on there and sign up for as little as $3 a month. And Jamie, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook, Flyover Farm, uh, Jamie Jennings, Certified Monty Roberts Instructor. And you can find the concert tonight that we're doing with Templeton Thompson. You can find that. Just go to horseradionetwork.com on Facebook, and we'll be doing the concert live on there tonight. And Colby's Army is at? Colby'sArmy.org. Colby'sArmy.org. And we hope that you consider donating. For those of you that can't catch the concert live, we're going to be putting it out, the audio version of it out on this horse 
Horses in the Morning feed probably tomorrow. So you'll get to catch the concert there on audio as well. So you won't miss a thing. Yay. So uh, check that out. You'll miss our video that I put together. You, but you'll hear the audio. But the video is miss, amazing. Yeah, it was amazing how yeah. wonderful I did. <laughs> so hang on, everybody. And then we'll talk to you next on Friday from just up the road here. We'll be doing the show in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you, Jamie. See you in a couple days. All right, Spain, neuter, guilt. <laughs> <laughs>